Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. We are actually live at Sesanta, a restaurant at 60 Thompson Street in Soho, New York. I got my co-host, Chuck Nice. Hey, hey, Neil. Chuck Nice tweeting, Chuck Nice comics. Thank you, sir, yes. Yeah, comic. Comic. Yes. And so this is going to be a Cosmic Queries uh, a melange. Uh, yes. Uh, a uh, we like to call it a galactic gumbo. Galactic gumbo. Mm, guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just whatever. So we haven't themed the questions, is the point. No, we have not. But they're all cosmically related. That's hence, right. my expertise will apply. That's correct. Right. And we already have people chiming in on Facebook. But you know what? Mm -hmm. We're going to start things off in our show with an actual query from the audience. Do we have our first audience member? Hello. What's your name? Please stand up. Wait, wait. First, she's wearing a Van Gogh dress. Can huh? we get some attention to oh that? Oh my God! Please? Isn't that your like? One of your favorite paintings? Yes! That's like one of your favorite paintings, right? It's not like one of my favorite paintings. It is my favorite painting. I, a, B, B, B. We'll get to your question in a minute. I'm going to finish riffing on your dress. So Van Gogh painted that in 1889. It's obviously an impressionistic representation. It's not the sky that he saw. It's the sky that he felt. Ooh. And <laughs> what is that? What is that? <laughs> so, so while I care about accuracy and detail, uh -huh. if you represent through your art how the universe makes you feel, mm -hmm. you cannot be faulted for that. You can only be praised. Mm -hmm. And in that, I will say further that there's the starry night in the backdrop. Then there's the hills. Then there's this village. Mm -hmm. with, a, with a spire and a cypress tree. He didn't call that painting cypress tree or sleepy village or rolling hills. It may have been the first time ever in the history of art with the name of the painting, The Starry Night, is what is in the background rather than what's in the foreground. But it's still think about the focus. When you, think about when you set up a canvas, there's yeah. something there that you're painting. Right. If you're painting the sky, you're not gonna put other stuff in front of it. Right. But he did. So there's a village, a tower, trees, hills. It is Starry Night. I think that's the original name of the piece, but he finally just settled on Starry Night. It was originally Village, Tower, Trees, <laughs> Starry Night. And somebody was like, that's a long title, man. <laughs> so sorry to delay your question. Go on. Yes, please. Are you kidding me? Yes. Okay. My question is, what is faster, the speed of light or the expansion of the universe. Ooh. 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 We just, we started off like, oh, oh, oh. She was just like, didn't even warm up to that one. Go on, man. Yeah, what's that? That like, why couldn't you go with like, what's a solar flare? No, no, it's just like, speed of light, expansion of the universe, give it. So, uh, speed of light in a vacuum, in the vacuum of space, is the fastest speed that is possible moving through space. It is not just a good idea, it's the law, okay? And it's not like one day we're gonna figure out how to go fast, that's not gonna happen, okay? Oh, okay, you can travel faster than light if the day we discover like wormholes right. or curved space, right. where you're here and you wanna go there, and that's if you, that's if you, that, okay, instead you do this, 
and cut a hole, and then you, you bridge that gap, and then you unfold it, and you now got, you're there. Then you got there faster than a light beam would have. That, that's cheating in a fun way, but you're not moving through space faster than light. That is a cosmic speed limit. Now, turns out, there is a point in the universe where the universe is in fact expanding faster than light. And this comes out of Einstein's general theory of relativity. Okay. And whereas the speed of light limit comes from his special theory of relativity. Mm -hmm. The special theory of relativity describes things moving within the fabric of space. General relativity describes the fabric of space itself. Wow. So if the fabric of space itself is expanding, it can expand at any rate at all. So that's the rubber sheet, That's right? the rubber. If you embedded galaxies in it, imagine a rubber sheet, and you stretch the rubber sheet. So here are two galaxies, and so there they are stretching apart in the fabric of space. They can recede from one another arbitrarily faster than light. There is no such limit there. And look, I want, you know, I would have a sex change to wear that skirt. <laughs> Actually, it just occurred to me, it just occurred to me, I, I, could, I could just wear it. Yeah. <laughs> Not right. There it's way go. cheaper, that's way cheaper. Way cheaper. Way cheaper. There you go. And ain't nothing wrong with that. Let me tell you something, I do it when I clean the house. <laughs> okay, um, um, Tom Angel. Uh, Tom Angel says this, uh, Neil, do you agree with Carl Sagan and most yes. U.S. voters that... Yes, Max. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom, there's, there's your answer, Tom. There's your answer. Yeah. Okay, I'm moving There's on. very little I disagree with. And guess what? I'm yeah. going to go ahead and say that, but uh, quite frankly... No, now we got to know. I want to know. Now no, you want to know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that marijuana should be legalized. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah! Uh -oh. Whoa! Um, so, I think if you really analyze it, relative to other things that are legal, there's no reason for it to ever have been made illegal in the, in the system of laws. That is extremely rational, which I expect from you, and you're absolutely right. Is yeah, you should, I mean, alcohol is legal, and it can mess you up way more than smoking a few J's. That's absolutely yeah. So, Boy, let me tell you something. I can tell you have never smoked weed in your life. Because <laughs> you're just like, smoking a few J's. <laughs> it was like an ABC after school special. <laughs> Are you smoking a few J's well, That was the last, the, the last time I was like in a cloud of it, that's, that's how people spoke. So, yeah. Okay, right on, yeah. okay. Uh, all right, um, let's do one quick one because we Oh, by the way, by the way, um, it's just funny because uh, if you want to sound like Mickey Mouse, you inhale the helium from a helium balloon. Okay. But the way you do that is you untie the knot and you go, <laughs> Share the balloon. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's so right. It's it, right, exactly. The, in other words, when kids are at a party sharing helium balloons, they might as well be smoking some jigs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> what do we have? Hello, Timor. You get the microphone. Yeah. Go right ahead, sir. My question isn't as impactful as that first one, but uh, how do you measure the distances between stars and planets, and how important is it to be accurate? How do you measure the distances between stars and planets, and how important is it to be accurate? I mean, when you find a planet orbiting a star? Either or. Either or. Yeah, distances is a huge challenge in modern astrophysics, and we spent decades creating something what we call the distance ladder. And the distance ladder is, you figure out how close nearby things are, and you can do that pretty accurately with like geometry and trigonometry, but beyond that, you can't. And then you have to infer what the distance is based on things that are nearby that are familiar. And then once you get that, the things that are farther away, you build on that, and everything builds. And so we've, we're pretty confident right now that we understand distances not only locally in the solar system, but across the galaxy and across the universe itself. So it's a combination of many methods some primary, some secondary, some tertiary. And it's called the distance ladder. You can Google it, you'll see a whole account of the steps that this required. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so it's one of the toughest things out there. Because you don't know. Because bright stars, you think, oh, it must be close. 
It could be a super bright star, but just far away, because stars get really, really super bright. They're, I'll give you an example. They're stars that are 10,000 times more luminous than our sun. These are huge, massive stars, some of which are so big, they, if you swap them where Earth is right now, they would engulf the entire orbits of Mercury, Venus, and Earth. So these are stars that are hugely wow. luminous. By the way, the sun will do that one day. Oh, good. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we should, we need to sort of planet hop away from the sun by then. Right. I, that's in five billion years. If we don't have, if, we, if our ass is still on Earth, then that's it. You know what, if we're still on Earth in five billion years, we deserve it. <laughs> okay, that's all. Because what will happen then is, uh, the, as the sun gets larger, to getting more luminous, such as these highly luminous stars that we find in the galaxy, uh, Earth will start getting hotter and hotter. Right. And what will happen is the oceans will come to a rolling boil and evaporate into the atmosphere. Then the atmosphere will evaporate into space. And then as the edge of the sun overcomes the orbit of the Earth, we become this charred ember as we descend down to the core as we vaporize. You know what? Only you can make that sound like it's something good. <laughs> All excited about our demise, <laughs> which is very cool. And you know what? I, you know, uh, not to be attenuated, but uh, uh, not I've to be what? Attenuated, but um, that's like a real word. That is a word. <laughs> not, not, it's not like I'm Mike Tyson. I'm just not making words up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my God, these cookies are malicious. Like, I'm not malicious. <laughs> like. Okay, we don't want Chuck to be attenuated. Go ahead. No, but I'm saying um, what you were just talking about, I've actually heard from other of your colleagues, which we have on this show. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, primarily a planetary uh, um, astrophysicist, uh, uh, Dr. Funky Spoon, Dr. David Grinspoon. Oh, David Grinspoon, yeah. Who, yeah. Is, who is one of our Star Talk All Stars. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I'm just, I gotta, like, I got, I got, so Star Talk as a thing right. had such fertility yes. that it was able to like spawn off pieces of itself. Okay. One of them was why I had like colleagues who had energy and interest and expertise. So then we created Star Talk All Stars. Yes. So they got their own damn show. That's right. They don't need, I'm not even in the show. Well, that's true. Right, right. And then, and then so the, we had we would occasionally have a guest who was a professional athlete, either current or former. Yes. And that had huge following, those particular episodes. So then we spawned those off. Yes. To be, to make playing with science. And you you were the co-host of that. I'm not even had nothing to do with that either. Well, yes. Uh, I am like your cosmic baby now. So um, oh, it's, we just birthed you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but no, but playing with science is a great. Who came show. up with playing with science? Because that's that's a kind of weird title. Was okay, that your idea? I, I came up with the name playing with science. Okay, yeah. so, so you, is that not a good name? Wait, wait. The, does, does, your, does your mama know you're playing with science? <laughs> <laughs> Why is this door locked? <laughs> Chuck, are you playing with science? <laughs> Open this door, mister. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're at it, you might as well bring, there's, uh, there's something where you can see all of this. Everything that we do is on something called StarTalkAllAccess.com. So just to let you know, and for you at home, if you just want to know, um, uh, StarTalkAllAccess.com, everything that we do is available there, plus mm -hmm. uh, exclusive and original content. So I just wanted to get that in there because of what you said. That's all. all right. Can we go to another question? Yeah, Shall let's do we? It. From Facebook Live, uh, uh, Levi Silva says this. If the multiverse theory is true, is there a universe where it isn't true? Oh my God, what a crazy question! Oh my God, that's a crazy question! Because if the multiverse is every possible universe that could be in existence, then could there be in existence a universe where there is no multiverse? <laughs> oh wait, and let me just follow that up by saying, I'm Pickle Rick! Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. 
in a multiverse where there could be many, possibly infinite universes, yes. where all possibilities manifest, right. this would this is a suggestion that's hard to argue against. So if you have infinite number of universes, everything plays out at, at all times. At this conversation is happening, he said, I'm sitting there and you're sitting here. Mm -hmm. Or I'm, you're, I'm wearing a NASA shirt and you're wearing this flurry, fluffy thing, okay? <laughs> so, so, so could there be a universe in which there is no multiverse? And all I'm saying is the different properties of each universe do not reference what's outside, the, outside of them. So okay. we're describing the variation of, in particular of the laws of physics in each universe. That's what's varying. So, so you can imagine, I suppose, a universe that has no multiverse at all, but okay. Um, but then what? I mean, then put that Levi in that universe and then he'll hey, be he happy. Did. That's it. He then, doesn't exist. Then, right. <laughs> no, no. Then he's not part of our he's not multiverse. not part of our multiverse. Now, here's something to think about. The universe never makes anything in ones, it seems. Okay. okay. We thought, well, Earth, Earth. No, we got, you know, eight planets. Eight. Get over it. Um, the sun. <laughs> Yeah, the sun, those are stars, but this is the sun. No, they're also stars of suns and right. suns of stars. And galaxies, Milky Way. No, they've got 100 billion galaxies. The universe, hey. No, with the multiverse, maybe there's multiple universes. But then, if that's the case, then maybe the multiverse doesn't even come in ones. Oh, snap. So you said it's multiple multiverses. Exactly. Oh, so dang. we might call that a metaverse, as I'm thinking. The metaverse. No, no, I mean, it's, that's not an official line of research it is at now. this point. I'm just saying. We just did it. <laughs> we just did the official research. I'm calling Princeton when we leave this room. <laughs> so you got it. So, Chuck, we got to take a break. Okay. So when we come back, more Cosmic Queries, Galactic Gumbo Edition. That's right. <laughs> when Star Talk returns. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Talk. 
Uh, we're taking questions from Facebook Live, yes. from every other place, and you're going to butcher the names as you usually do. As I always do. I don't know what's, what's something, a, a missing synapses in your head. It probably is. It's, I will say this. It's um, years and years of abuse to my brain. <laughs> I will not tell you what kind of abuse, but yes. It could be John Smith who say, is it Joe who Smith? Uh, excuse me, A.A. Ron? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right, so what's the next question? You got more from Facebook Live. Yes, I do. Here okay. we go. In Europe. So there are at least three people watching on Facebook Live because we have their questions here. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, we're moving a little slow. This is data. This I'll is data. speed it up if you want. Okay. Okay, Scott Murray wants to. We're going to have a lightning round where I go through just sound bite answers. I hope so. Yeah, okay. Okay, here we go. Uh, in your opinion, what's the coolest, most interesting aspect of the upcoming eclipse? That is from Scott Murray. Ooh. The eclipse will be on the 21st of August. August. Okay. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's America's eclipse. <laughs> America. Mer apostrophe M U U R R I C A. That's I think how you spell that. America. <laughs> F Yam. It's a This, the path of totality. This is the moon's shadow being dragged across Earth's surface. Nice. At 1,700 miles an hour. Oh, and the duration of totality yeah. is simply the time it takes the shadow to pass across you if you happen to be standing in, in the path. So, the path of totality only touches the continental United States. Touches no other country. And USA. The, USA. the last time that happened USA. was in the 13th century before there was a USA. So in that sense, it's just kind of cool. It's, 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 it's ours. It's ours, it's ours. That's, otherwise, eclipses happen all the freaking time. Right. Every couple of years, you have a total solar eclipse somewhere. But I bet you, I bet you, August 21st, August 22nd, there'll be headlines, rare eclipse. Oh, every journalist wants to use the word rare with the word eclipse. But eclipses are more frequent than presidential elections. Oh. N nobody says, Rare presidential election coming up. Oh, or, well, they or, did the last one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, just like, check the rarity at the door. It, eclipses are common, and in the old days, when no one traveled, you go your whole life without seeing one. Now, in your life, you could always pretty much drive to one, right? right. So, or fly to one. You can fly to one every couple of years, so just sort of get over it. All right. Yeah. Super cool, super cool. All right. Um, let's move on to Carlos Caraballo. And Carlos would like to know this. If you could accelerate. Is this Facebook Live? This is Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. All these are coming to me from Facebook Live. And because it's coming to me live, I just lost the damn question. Okay, here we go. Carlos, I got it back. If you could accelerate past the speed of light, what would happen to your surroundings? So what would you see if you could actually go faster than the speed of light? Okay, so you can't, according to Einstein, and all experiments ever conducted, you can't accelerate past the speed of light. But you can imagine particles that exist only faster than the speed of light. They can work in his equations. Oh. Okay, and we have a word for those particles. They're yes. hypothetical. Go ahead. They're called tachyons. Tachyons. Yeah, tachyo from the Greek tachyos. No, no, no. Yes, yes. No, it's from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> so taxo tachometer like, also yeah. draws from this, right. which gives you the speed of your of your engine okay. uh, pistons. So, so. Um, what was that? Oh, so, so these particles exist faster than light. And if you run the numbers, if these particles exist, they would live backwards in time. Oh, snap. Right, right. Because, uh, is that... No, it just, it comes out of the math. That's, that's all I'm saying. I was, okay. Okay, so... But is that part of the same, same Einstein theory? Yeah, but we don't, we've never found them, and nothing can accelerate past it, so they'd have to be born into existence this way. People uh, have in, imagined, have, have come up with experiments that would detect them if they existed, and they would ne they've never been detected. So they're just hypothetical at this point. Okay. But it's interesting. If, so, for example, if I see you walking down the hall and you slip on a banana peel, mm -hmm. and I say, oh, let me prevent Chuck from slipping on the banana peel. Okay. So I'm going to send you a text message via tachyons. Gotcha. Okay, so I say, Chuck, watch out for the banana peel. Mm -hmm. And then you get it. Right. Like 10 seconds 
before you get to the banana peel. All right. So what happens is I send the text. Okay. You get it in the past. Right. And your 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 smartphone jiggles, uh, 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 vibrates. You pick it up. Okay. And he says, Oh, I have to watch out for the banana peel. And the fact that you were looking at your smartphone meant you didn't notice the banana peel and you slipped on it. Oh snap. Okay. So it could be. It could be. It could be that certain events are embedded in the fabric of time, such that the very act of preventing you from slipping on the banana peel made you slip on the banana peel. So that would be the big argument for predetermination. Possibly. Right. Possibly. I got you. I got you. However, when you sent me that tachyon text, it just came up. The subscriber you are trying to reach is not available. (laughs) 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 All right. Dude, that, right, what that, else you got? that was amazing. That was Ooh. a great, great question. All right, let's move on to um, uh, Paula Hogan, uh, coming to us from, of course, Facebook Live, who would like to know, how would we know we found life on another planet since it would likely look and behave very different from life here? Now, first of all, that's, that's a big assumption. Uh, so oh, the I first question... I get you. I understand. I would like to know, though, if we find life, is it going to be really different from here? Okay, I, this is a great question. Would, would we even recognize it yeah, as life? Would we know it as life? Perfectly legitimate question, but we, I think we have good cogent answers for that. Okay. Okay. So first of all, the ingredients of life. Look at the chemical ingredients, the the atomic ingredients: hydrogen, oxygen, carbon, nitrogen, iron. These are the most common common ingredients across the universe. We're made of the most common stuff. Gotcha. So if you're going to make life with the ingredients on another planet, it's probably going to have chemistry kind of similar to ours. Right. It's not going to be made of some some isotope of bismuth. No, it's not. That's not common out there. That's a. B. We are carbon-based life, as any good science fiction fan knows. Right. Carbon on the periodic table of elements is the most sticky element. You can make more molecules using carbon than all other molecules combined. So if you had to base the diversity of life on an element, carbon is your element. And carbon is the uh, fourth fourth most abundant element in the universe. Wow. So so to say this life is based on this other thing and it's got, it's not necessary. It's not necessary to invent something out of dark orifices to try to see what the life might be like but chemically. Is, but isn't that narcissistic because we're made, we're carbon-based? Isn't that a little narcissistic? So uh, life is surely gonna, certainly gonna be if like If I us. have a pool of chemicals, right. carbon is gonna start making molecules all by itself. Okay, I got you. Okay, that's what, now it might not have DNA, right. but so if we're gonna find life, it'll probably have carbon. Gotcha. And chemistry on Earth is the same as the chemistry everywhere in the universe. One of the great discoveries of 20th century astrophysics. If Science were different on Earth than it was on the moon or anywhere else, there would be no science. Would we just have Earth science? I mean, <laughs> science <laughs> only on Earth. Science only right? on Earth. Right. Then you wouldn't, there would, there would be no astrophysics. Right. Because we'd have no access to what was going on elsewhere. But the laws of physics we find on Earth apply to the outer reaches of the universe. Okay. So that's why there's no reason to invoke something completely different. Now, that being said, why is it that Hollywood aliens always have a head, shoulders, two arms, hand, and legs, and they walk, and they, and why? Right. Why? If there's a life form from another planet, it should look at least as different from us as other life forms and us on Earth look from one another. Because all life on Earth has common DNA. So I'm here, you're here, we have jellyfish, oak trees, millipedes. Okay, bacteria, yeast cells, okay? That's life on Earth with common DNA. You're gonna pull out life from another planet, let it look more different than that. Because we look different from one another. That's all I'm saying. Plus, we invent life, okay? What What is a cow? A cow is a biological machine invented by humans to turn grass into steak. Right, well, you're right about that. That's true. So if you can invent life to serve your needs, then then all bets are off. Invent whatever you need. I, I'm going to tweet that actually. About that. That's actually not a bad bad tweet. Uh, invent whatever you need if you're going to. No, no, life. the cow. Yeah, don't, the cow. Uh, the cow. 
I'm messing them up. I'm gonna mess it. Cows are biological machine. Okay. Vent by human. I was gonna say you have to do this right now. Sorry. Sorry. Kind of doing a Facebook Live. Uh, <laughs> just sorry, saying. Sorry, uh, sorry. Did I cross the wires? <laughs> cut the red. Cut the red. Okay. No, no, uh, not the wires. Did I cross the beams? Yes. Now, now we're talking. Man, that's yeah, okay. yeah. Now, now we're right. talking <laughs> Ghostbusters. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, let us, let me find, oh God, this was a great question. I wanted to find this question. Give me one Oh, the second. scrolling. Yes, so here it is, oh, okay. here it is. Uh, Ga Brasil wants to know this. Uh, what was the reaction of your family when you told them you wanted to graduate in astrophysics? I just love that this question makes it seem like you was coming out of the closet. <laughs> Mom, Dad, I don't care what you say. <laughs> I'm gonna be an astrophysicist. <laughs> just wanna let you know it's who I am. <laughs> like, like, I can't change it. It's just right. It's just what I was born this way. I'm an astrophysicist. So it didn't quite play out that way. Okay. Because I've known since age nine that I was called by the universe. And by 11, I realized you can do it professionally. So from age 11 onwards, I had an answer to that annoying question that adults always ask kids. What do you want to be when you grow up? From age 11 onward, my answer was astrophysicist. Wow. So there was no surprise when I declared it as a major because right. it was deeply embedded in me. So you like the little boy who was putting on a wig and high heels at four, just like, hey, this is who I am, and y'all gonna have to deal with it. Right, right, they, they right. had to deal with it, they had to deal with it. By the way, in all fairness to the unfolding of events, my parents took me, my brother, and my sister to all the cultural institutions of the city every weekend. Right. And we, they took us to the planetarium. That's when I first saw the night sky. I didn't know anything. What New Yorker knows anything about the night sky? We have point. no relationship with the universe, because buildings are in the way. Light pollution's in the way, and in my day, there was air pollution. You'd have to brush ash off your shoulders because apartment buildings were burning household garbage. When did you live here? During the Industrial Revolution? <laughs> my God! <laughs> so, so, all I'm saying is it was a first encounter with my local planetarium. Right. The Hayden Planetarium, nice. where I saw the night sky. I've said this before, the, 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 the lights dimmed and the stars came out, and I thought it was a hoax. There ain't that many stars in the night sky. I've seen every one of them from the Bronx, and there's 12 stars from the Bronx. There's not, it's a hoax. Later, I'd figure out it was real. But right. to this day, I go to the finest observatories in the land, on mountaintops, and I, where you commune with the cosmos. And I look up, and I still feel this embarrassingly urban thought that it reminds me of the Hayden Planetarium. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> so you're looking at the real thing. <laughs> and I'm saying, yeah, it's, it's feeling like the Hayden Planetarium. That is so funny. So you know what? See, and, and oh, By the way, I'm now director of the Hayden Planetarium. Right. So that story like plays better in a, like a small town. In New York, no one actually cares. I've tried it on them. I said, you realize I became director of the plan? They had to, yeah, and yeah, and your point is, you know, so. And that's funny because you know what you bring this up, and it, it reminds me of. So in your book, chapter twelve of your book, oh, the last chapter, the last chapter, chapter is reflections of the or reflections on the cosmic perspective. Uh -huh. And it's funny when you say like that. No New Yorker has a relationship with the universe. It just reminded me of. Anybody who has your experience, whether it's in a planetarium or on a hilltop looking through a telescope, that's where you find the cosmic perspective. There's an opening quote here from James Ferguson. This, no, nobody who grows up in a city could ever pen these words in a modern city. Okay. And so this is, can I read? I'm gonna read Go ahead. It. Okay, you ready? Of all the sciences cultivated by mankind, a this is a quote from James Ferguson, 1757. Okay. Of all the sciences cultivated by mankind, astronomy is acknowledged to be, and undoubtedly is, the most sublime, the most interesting, and the most useful. For by knowledge derived from this science, not only the bulk of the earth is discovered, but our very faculties are enlarged with the grander 
of the ideas it conveys. Our minds exalted above their low, contracted prejudices. Nice! <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, you know what? Oh, he's feeling it! Yeah! He was feeling that cosmic perspective! I'm feeling it right now! <laughs> sure, are you kidding me? I have a chubby! <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Chuck, we're out of time in this segment, but okay. you got more questions. Absolutely. All right, we'll pick them up when we return on Star Talk. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. I'd like to do a little something that I call Cocktails and Cosmos, where you talk about the cosmic perspective. This will change your cosmic perspective. This is Will, the bartender. Come on in, Will. Oh, Let's Will. Do oh, okay. It. Give it up for Will. Right. It's like a night sky shirt with stars on it. Very nice. Better known very as nice. polka dot. Nerf <laughs> <laughs> <Nerds> right. <laughs> <laughs> Will is going to make us, what are you making, Will? So we're making tonight the Event Horizon, Ooh. which is going to be a gin cocktail. Wait, wait, wait. If you're going to say those words, you got to say it right. The Event Horizon. <laughs> the Event Horizon. <laughs> it's better. It's better. I'll practice. I'll practice. I like, it. I like it when Will says it. He, he almost sounds like, I don't always drink the Event Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, yeah, a little bit when I do, go ahead. <laughs> so, you can use any type of gin. Okay. Just gonna... Any type of gin here? Okay. Yeah. Fresh lemon juice. Fresh or... lemon juice. Okay. Mm -hmm. Lemon juice. We have some... Blue stuff. Blue stuff. <laughs> toilet like water. We've got toilet liquor. water. It's, it's a <laughs> orange blossom liquor. Orange blossom liquor. There you so go. what makes this the event horizon? So, it's gonna be actually the... Because in the universe, Beyond the event horizon, there is no return. I just want to make sure that well. this is an understood <laughs> fact about whatever you're doing here. This is going to be a good night. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> there is no return. No returns. From the event horizon. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. Here we go. What do you got going on here? I'm going to add the ice. I'm put some ice in there. Did yep. you just invent this today? Because it looks kind of random what you're putting in here. Well, some of this and some of that. <laughs> and now we're just gonna. Oh right! Oh, so you strain, strain it. it. Yeah. Why you strain? I like it. I like. Oh, look right. at that! And yeah, it comes just out like to make sure that it's absolutely clean. So I got you. So no Ooh. ice shards or anything no, like that. Exactly. In a feet-first dive to this cosmic abyss. Yes. You will not survive because you will not miss. The tidal forces of gravity will create quite a calamity when you're stretched head to toe. Are you sure you want to go? <laughs> Please. I'm going to answer that with a poem of my own. It is alcohol. 
<laughs> was that the poem? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's okay. give it a taste. Let's yeah, give it a taste. taste. We'll Cheers, it. my friend. Ooh. Mm. Oh, that's that is really good, man. It's nice. like bright, it's herbaceous, it's light, it's it's very cool. And it is bright. It's it's cold, it's cool and, and yeah. it's, it's chill. It is. It's chill. Yeah, very uh, you know what? And as a, as event horizons <clears throat> go. Hey, no, no, we create a new thing called Event Horizon and Chill. Event Horizon and Chill. Oh. I like it. Is that a laugh? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Will and the Thank Event you Horizon. Will. Thank you, Will. Mm. Very cool. Mm. Another question from the audience? Yeah, we? let's do this. Who is it? Stand up. What's your name, sir? My name is Ron Sparkman. Hey. All right, so um, this kind of goes with what we were talking about a little bit earlier. If we were able to find life, uh, maybe like microbial life on Mars, do you think it would be more likely that it's a second genesis or that maybe it's possibly panspermia? And if so, which one would be more impactful on humanity? Okay. Ooh. All I heard Ooh. was sperm and I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great question. So, yeah, there are two possibilities. Oh, three possibilities. One, there's no life on Mars and there never was. Another one is there is life on Mars and it has no... No, uh, how, how, however it encodes its identity has nothing to do with the way we code encode our identity. Mm -hmm. So we have DNA, maybe it's got something else. If that's the case, it is a complete other genesis right. of life. That will transform biology in ways that perhaps we cannot foresee or imagine. A whole new way of being alive. Right, right now, biologists, they won't admit this, but you go behind closed doors. In front of the door, they'll celebrate the diversity of life. Behind closed doors, the fact is, all life has common DNA. So to an alien, we're all identical, chemically, basically. Right. So, essentially. So, so that, that would be a stunning fact. An interesting fact, less stunning but deeply interesting, is if it does have DNA. Then either you can have a second genesis, and DNA is an inevitable consequence of carbon organic chemistry, or some base strands of that DNA are identical to DNA on Earth. That would mean, at some point, the, the bacteria on Mars transported to Earth and began Earth here. So that would mean there was only one genesis on Earth, and that would have been on Mars. So if that's the case, it, so, so in other words, you can see how close to uh, species are to one another right. by how much of their DNA is identical. Right. And if it's very low down, it's possible that that could have, ha how does that happen? If M Mars, all evidence shows, was probably wet and fertile before Earth was. If that was the case and an asteroid struck, the impact energy can fling rocks into escape velocity and roam through interplanetary space and land on other planets such as Earth. And oh. if that happened, now how do they get there? They, they would, these bacteria would be stowaways in the nooks and crannies of the rocks. Right. Now, those, those stowaways, they'd have to be able to survive interstellar space for thousands of years. They'd have to get freeze dried and somehow come back to life upon hitting water on Earth. There are such creatures on Earth. Tardigrades. Tardigrades. The water bears, they survive things that are not necessary to survive on Earth because Earth doesn't have that, okay? So, so. Uh, man, I just, I'm just loving you right now. I don't even give a damn about the tardigrade. It's just like, I've never seen anybody in my life go, tardigrade! <laughs> yeah! So, 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 People think that evolution and animal adapts to some, no, nothing adapts, they die, right. all right? And in the variation of that, uh, of that generation, some may have resistance to whatever is the force that killed everything else. Nothing lives or dies in vain in the tree of life. And so the, the bacteria that would have, the microbes that would have survived are those that happen to have a variation in them that could survive the radiation from space, the, the temperatures of space, the freeze dryness in space, and the tardigrades have this property. So that, we have a word for this, it's called panspermia. And so that would be interesting too. That's all I'm saying. They're both interesting, but a whole other genesis 
would be transformative. So the scientifically, answer to, the answer to your question is Mars is our baby daddy. Okay, so there you have it. Yeah, it could mean it could mean that we are all descendants of Martians. There you go. Some perhaps more than others. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, there you go. Oh man, this well, is good. All right, so we are we are coming down to the end of our show. Wait, wait, we have the lightning round. We need a lightning we, round. And I'm going to give you a lightning round right okay. now. But before we do, I just want to say uh, that before we go, uh, if you are just joining us, please make sure uh, to check out StarTalkAllAccess.com where you can find all of this. Check out Neil's Facebook page where this will also live. Uh, the Facebook Influencers page where this show will live as well. So if you have access to any of that, you can go ahead and find it there. Also, StarTalk All-Star is a, our show that you were talking about earlier where we have other Neil deGrasse Tysons from different parts of science who yeah. come and talk to us about various exciting things. You People who we had on as, as guests and yes. they were just so energetic, we just gave them their own show. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, StarTalkAllAccess.com where you can find everything that we do and subscribe and become a member. Thank you for doing that. Uh, subscribe and become a member there. So I just wanted to do that because we are now just about um, uh, five minutes away. Oh, and the show you actually, see, I'm, a, I'm trying to be humble, but what? playing with science, which by the way, is, is the show that I do co-host with uh, Gary O'Reilly, who is a footballer, and that show- From the UK, From yeah. the UK, and uh, that show is uh, the mashup of sports and science. It's where geeks and jocks collide, and as I like to say, without a concussion. Without a concussion, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Go. Very cool. Um, so Plus, this has been standing up the whole time? This I, is like I crash. Keep, you keep putting it down, I keep putting it back up. Buy this book! No, no, stop! <laughs> Damn it, buy the book! Buy it! Only if you're in a hurry. That's yeah, all yeah, if you're in a hurry, buy the book. <laughs> all right, let's get to this. Here we go. Right. Neil doesn't like to plug anything. I don't no, care. no, I ain't about I plugging. I am a whore. I ain't about <laughs> plugging. <laughs> I ain't about to plug it. Right. I've yet to mention this book no, on my Twitter I, no, stream. You, but he knows a lot I got eight million people. They don't even know about the book. Yeah, but that's why I'm here. Okay, okay. <laughs> buy the book. Go to Playing with Science. StarTalkAllStars.com. Okay, everything. Uh, all right, here we go. Let's go. All right. All right. Uh, let me get back to this. Here we go. Uh, undo, undo, cancel. All right, here we go. Should this is the lightning round. This is the lightning okay, round. Here go. we go. So we don't have the bell for you to ring, so all just right. answer as quickly. Should we be focusing our resources and energy on the exploration of Venus versus Mars since it's cheaper and easier to get to? No, because on Venus it's 900 degrees Fahrenheit, and if you went there, you would vaporize. <laughs> so Venus is a bad choice of destination for space exploration. Next. There you go. Uh, Lily Brown. By the way, you can cook, I calculated this, a 16-inch pizza in nine seconds on your windowsill. Nice. And then, and then someone geekier than I was says, Dr. Tyson, you made an error. You forgot radiant heat coming from the atmosphere itself, and it'll actually cook in two seconds. There you Avoid go. Avoid Venus. Yeah, Next. That, that guy was a dick. Um, here we go. Uh, uh, here we go. Lily Brown wants to know this. Hey, will you guys officiate my wedding? No. Okay. Next. But I'm 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 deeply honored that people. Oh, don't clean it up now. No, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Julius Mabine wants to know this. Where is Voyager 1 and 2, and do you think any alien would be able to decode the messages on that gold plate, or would it look like a baby scribble to them? Oh, okay, so Voyager is coming up on the 40th anniversary of its launch. Yes. Just in a few, in a few weeks. And so, uh, so Voyager 1 has left the influence of the sun, officially entering interstellar space. Nice. Uh, that's in one direction. Voyager 2 is off in another direction, but not as far away. Uh, so, the, and there's, there's pictograms on there telling aliens where we live. Uh-huh. Not smart. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's weird because we don't, you wouldn't give your email to a stranger on the street. Exactly. But we're giving the home address of Earth right. to aliens. But we just gave them my social security number. <laughs> right. so, 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 I think if they're really smart, they should figure it out. Okay. They'll figure out. They're, they're our musings, and I mean, we figured out hieroglyphics and things, 
uh, uh, of our own species, I think a smarter species should be able to figure it out if they find the spacecraft. Next. Okay. Uh, Wendy McGrew-Brown wants to know this. If you could travel through time, what year would you go to and why? Oh, I would go to the day Earth was hit by the Mars-sized protoplanet, sideswiped, casting crustal material into orbit to form the moon itself. I want to be witness to that event. Ooh. You do realize you would die. <laughs> Next. I just see Neil at that moment going, worth it! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Alex Fawcett wants to know this. What is or was the greatest scientific prediction ever made? Oh, uh, I got that. Oh, really? It's actually in here. Oh! I'm just saying. Wait, don't answer it. This is what I'm going to answer you. Bada boom! <laughs> Bada boom! <laughs> okay, based on very little information, George Gamma, mm -hmm. a scientist in mid-century, based on very little information about the fact that the universe is expanding, which meant it was smaller yesterday than it is today. The fact that it might have been hotter in the past than it is today. Based on this, base, he took laws of physics and invoked them and said, whoa, if the laws of physics apply all the way to the beginning of the universe, there ought to be a bath of microwave energy ubiquitous in the universe, in the background. We should look for a cosmic microwave background at a temperature of about five degrees. That is amazing. And then decades later, people discovered a cosmic microwave background. And they didn't even know it. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Go ahead, they go ahead. That whole story's in it. They discovered it. I know, I read the and book. And the temperature, because <laughs> he was in a hurry. And the temperature was three degrees. And you can say, oh, he was off. He, he was almost off by a factor of two, you know? But that prediction was so out there, right. so out there. It's like predicting that a 50-foot flying saucer would land on the lawn of the White House, but a 30-foot flying saucer <laughs> landed instead. That's awesome. Okay? That's, that's awesome. how extraordinary. No, that's uh, to me, that was the, one of the greatest predictions ever made. That's awesome. To deduce the existence of the Big Bang and evidence for it right. just by invoking known laws of physics. That's amazing. That he had. All right, listen, here's what I want to do right now because we are pretty much out of time. It's just leave you the last bit of time to do your thing and bid us farewell. Oh, uh, oh, okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so let me just say that um, the universe, uh, to paraphrase J.B.S. Haldane, a philosopher, biologist, uh, that the universe is not only stranger than we have imagined, it may be stranger than we can imagine. Ooh, and like as long that. as that remains true, there's an unlimited mysteries that lay before us. Because never forget that as the area of our knowledge grows, so too does the perimeter of our ignorance. Ooh, I will drink to that, my friend. We will. And I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, and I bid you all to keep looking up. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll, to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. You can start your day off right when you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.